So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Get it? Yeah. Got it? Get it. Got it. Ah, come on, Sana, where were you? Gave you this lesson last week. It was, get it? Got it. Good. Timing isn't quite there, but we'll get there. Seems like you don't get it. I got it. Good. All right. Okay, we're getting better. 35 seconds into our podcast, and we're already getting making improvements on Get It, Got It, Good. Nice job. Way to go, Sana. Cue the applause track. <laughs> well, get us up to speed, Sana. What is going on in your world this past week since we spoke last? Hectic. Loads of work. Sana was like given this impossible task by her employer. They just basically gave her, it was, it was essentially like, you're going to teach six classes this semester and you have to create the curriculum for all six. Basically something like that, something along those lines. It's five modules, and two of which are totally new. There are no materials, and the uh -huh. module descriptor is just, there's no information in it. There is no publisher material for all the alternative books that we are choosing with help right. of Learning Resource Center. And then, um, uh, yeah, I have to make it all from scratch. So it sounds to me like you're just kind of not really going ad hoc but you're just kind of kind of winging it no it's it's just because there's so many other things beside these two modules and sometimes you want to focus and i'm a human being sometimes i can't sit and look at the computer it's just it, mm -hmm. you know your body mind soul they are not in sync mm. plus uh as much as possible we get sauna involved in the business and talking with clients sauna i'm kind of interested in knowing some insights that you've taken since you've been kind of listening in on some of the conversations that I've had with new clients. You're kind of learning a new business. It's There's, of course, some similarities between what you teach at BUV, tourism, marketing, sales, etc. There's some similarities, but I'm interested in what are a few of the insights that you've gained just listening in on calls with our new clients. Um, I mean, the technical aspect of... The whole production, it's um, re really unique. And I, I believe many people who are fan of podcasts, they don't really know how the process is. Uh, and they might think, oh, you just can hold um, a microphone or you can hold a recorder on your phone and just record and that's it, done. But they don't know all the pieces and bits of um, production of a true, pleasing pleasure about podcasts. Well, what are some of the things that you've picked up? What are some of those bits and pieces that you've picked up that go into making a successful podcast? I mean, it's not only production of that product as a podcast that have to be there. Uh, there's always, there's other um, services like ancillary and auxiliary services. And I think a part of that is how you're going to brand yourself. How are you going to reach out to your audience uh, whether you want to work with a niche market or you want to be 
generalizing your whole market and who is going to accept what you're sharing and what would be the uh, cognitive dissonance behind it. Some may perceive it differently and some may perceive it as the narration goes by or what other is trying to pursue. In fact, it's quite a risky business and it requires an, a person, a producer who is an entrepreneur and has all the qualities of an entrepreneur, active entrepreneur, who is a risk taker, who is um, passionate, who doesn't do this for greed, but building a greed, not for himself or herself and herself, but also the audience, that community he or she is trying to uh, touch upon and touch their life and soul. So, yeah, it's it's a stressful job. And you have to really have passion to do it. All right. I think I'm going to give you, let's say, a C- minus on your comprehension of the subject Honey, matter. you're so stingy. It's stingy, but I'm not unfair. You are stingy and unfair. That's how all Americans are? <laughs> this is a good topic, stereotyping. That's how all Americans are. You've picked up about 77% of the stuff we talked. It's not bad. I don't want you to think like you're failing. 77% is pretty good, but you still haven't you, you still haven't got everything. But that's okay because you can't get everything in just a few phone calls. This is this is there's a craft and there's an art to podcasting. Uh, a lot of folks have given a looked us up on the web and uh, there's a lot of new shows that are going to be in the works and they're launching this month of October. It's really exciting. And I just I'm just feel so fortunate that these people who are really extremely high quality people and they they just want to make an impact in the world and they're using a podcast as a means of sharing their message their core mission with with um with the world and they're using us to give them the guidance and the instruction the occasional kick in the pants that they need to get going and get get started and it's just what a what a privilege to be a part of uh, these people uh, launching their podcast, getting their message out to the world, and eventually, the plan is to feature our clients on this podcast. Sana and I will uh, interview them and put them on the hot seat and give them a, a chance to share what they're about, and also give them a little bit of practice being interviewed and. Uh, maybe interviewing us and give us give them a little practice with their interviewing chops. Uh, so that's that's something that you'll probably be hearing in the next probably couple of months. But uh, it's such a such a privilege to be a part of really high quality people who are really doing a lot of good in this world, and they're just using a podcast to make the world aware of the good that they're doing. We're the fortunate beneficiaries. Of, uh, of being a part of that. And sometimes, Sana, there's just times where I'm just listening to an interview that I'm editing and I'm like, wow, I'm like a fly on the wall to this amazing conversation, which I would be happy to listen to for free, but I'm getting paid to do it. And it's just, it's just that point where work doesn't feel like work. And you just have to sometimes tell yourself to quit working and just watch a show or something. Just otherwise you get burned out and you're aware of that. But when work doesn't feel like work, it's a good thing. The look on your face suggests that your work feels like work. 
Not really. I love <laughs> what I do. Uh-huh. And um, I like to work with young people. So I'm a self-motivated person. And motivation comes when I see the big smile on the faces of those kids. Uh, when they tell me, yes, I got it. And then they score high. They are successful. They win. That's my motivation and my reward. Well, now that you've fulfilled your con- contractual obligation to your employer, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silence. Silence. All right, Sana, let me ask you something. I want you to share a story of a big decision that you made. It could be anything. It could be work-related, a relationship. Uh, it could be anything. And you don't really have to get into specific details of the circumstances uh, that you're thinking of. But I want you to share with us, when did you know that it was time to pull the trigger? It was time to take this action that you had been considering, you had been pondering, contemplating, but you just knew this is the time to act. And you can go into as much detail or as little detail as you want. But I'm interested in knowing about that that point where you just knew it was time to act? I think it was time that I wanted to leave home and be independent. Um, when I was around 19 years old, I made a big decision to leave my mom and my sister and stay on my own, thinking there's so much out there that I have to experience. And if I don't do it then, I may not be successful and I will lag behind the time and many other uh, girls and boys who are in my age. Why it was very difficult? Because I'm from a culture where you are, um, whether you're 30, 40, 50 years old, you are still considered as a small girl and you will just stay home until maybe you get married and join your husband. But it was quite a revolution for me to leave home and as a young lady, stay on my own. And I never regret it because um, even though I've been through a lot, what didn't kill me made me stronger. Yeah. So, well, how did you know that it was time to leave? Because it was period of time that everything was really constant, stagnant. It was not moving. And I felt like I don't know what I want with my life and I don't know what I have to do. There, not that I was lazy or I was giving up. No, there was so much out there and I couldn't just indulge them all at the same time. I had to make a decision. And I thought if I want to make a decision independently, I have to go to a quiet and solemn, uh, you know, solidarity with myself <laughs> and yeah. um, try to seek what is seeking me, just like Rumi said. What you seek is actually already seeking you. So mm. with that in my mind, I just went out there and tried to get involved in lots of um, projects, volunteer works. Um, and uh, I've been into different um, missions in our church where I was member, active member, uh, like women in prison, or like slum areas, kids to teach them mm-hmm. English or just be with them, teach them something. And all the other things that I've done, um, finding 
different jobs, you know, trying to make those connections. And during this period, I always hang around or try to have lunch, dinner with some big people in different organizations and try to act that I know a lot. Basically, I was just learning. (laughs) I didn't really during those period of time, my early 20s to late 20, um, did what every other girl used to do. Shopping, clubbing, dancing. I don't know. (laughs) To go uh, for what you call a big holiday or whatever. No, I never. I always try to go around with older people who had quite experience. And instead of talking, I was always a good listener. And I think that's how I knew what I want to do. And of course, another big decision was to study in a university and get a degree in business administration, uh, particularly majoring in hospitality and tourism management. Being a person with a background in science, I have a diploma in experimental science and turning into business study, it was a quite big decision. But at some point I tried to study and I noticed I probably want to go out there and be with people. I want to share my experience with them. And uh, this industry is very big, fast-growing service industry. I mean, travel and tourism, many people think it's just about traveling from one point to another, but it's more to that. If you are uh, specialized in tourism, you are basically uh, studying different disciplinary um, or interdisciplinary subjects. You are a psychologist, you are an author, you are an artist, you are... You are a fighter. <laughs> you have to basically learn and study each and every person's background. And you have to have extremely high emotional quality because dealing with people is not easy. And you are told to serve all these people, human beings. So anything mm-hmm. your customer or your tourist, your travelers, or whoever it is, says to you, they are right. This is your motto. And you have to, with this mentality, with this ideology, go on serving them and make sure you will create that wow experience, customer mm-hmm. experience, and keep the yeah. service quality. So I thought this would be very rewarding job or career for me in the future. And I'm a people person. I always want to help people. And I thought through my profession. I can reach out as many people as possible, not only tell them about extra knowledge or wisdom, but also share my experiences and tell them what kind of a world is out there. Basically bring awareness to Mm -hmm. young generation. Yeah. The reason I ask is because just very recently in the last week or so, I've gone through, and I'm not going to go into any detail on this, but there have been some circumstances in my personal life. There was definite, a definite urgency for me to act and to take action, like a really meaningful action on something. It's something that was kind of on the back burner. It was kind of on the forefront of my mind all the time, uh, at all times. But uh, there was an event that occurred, and it was clear to me that I had to take some sort of action that would that was meaningful. And here's how I realized that it was time to act because I asked myself, what is the worst possible outcome 
if you do this thing, if you take this action, what is the worst possible outcome? And I thought about it. It would be this, and it would definitely be unpleasant. And I realized that the worst possible outcome to this action that I would be taking is better than the circumstances that I had found myself in. Like if I did nothing, it would be worse than the worst possible outcome of taking action. And that's when I realized you have to do this. And I've been thinking about other decisions that I've made when I left the military, when I have left uh, church organizations. I just looked at the outcome of what is the worst thing that can possibly happen if you do this thing. And then I would say, am I better off or worse off than I am right now? And the answer has always been the worst possible thing is better than what I have right now. Sana, you have your hand up. Do you want to say something? Do you have a question for the class? Uh, I have a strategy. A strategy? Uh, uh, I have a strategy I would like to share with our audience. When, when I want to make a decision, I draw a scale on my paper, a real scale, and uh, on one side, I will write all the positive attribute and the other side, all the negative attribute of or consequence of what I have to do. And um, each of them weighs higher, so I will take action accordingly. I even put you on a scale before I marry you. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Someone, I was talking with someone who had listened to our podcast a few weeks ago, and they said, so when is Sana going to evaluate you? Or wait, no, you you evaluated me, and then I'm supposed to va- evaluate you. We were supposed to do it two weeks ago, but honey, you forgot. That's why you have me in your life, to remind you. But I never forget anything. You forgot. Admit. Okay. All right, before we leave, before we sign off, I have to evaluate your, your capabilities of the six factors that make up the no like, and trust factor, or the six uh, variables that make up the no like, and trust factor. Do you remember the six variables? Today? Yeah, we're going to do it before we sign off. Okay. Do you go remember ahead. the six? No. Ah. Oh. Okay, your grade is sliding down and down and down, and that's on the curve. <laughs> <laughs> they are expert authority, likability, social proof, commitment, consistency, scarcity, and there's one more. What is the last one? Social proof. You cannot forget, honey. Commitment. You should know. All right, let me start over. There is expert authority, there's likability, there's commitment and consistency, there is, what's that fourth one? Honey, can you go get your notes? Don't say this on the podcast. You should know all six. No, it's okay. It's okay to show my weakness to our audience. It's, it's what builds up trust. Please don't put this in there. It that I am up. telling you, bring your notes. <sighs> it builds up vulnerability. When I make myself vulnerable and imperfect it makes me likable and approachable and trustworthy what is it after commitment consistency is okay well fill in the blank for number four and then you have social proof and reciprocity reciprocation there it is 
All right, so we have expert authority, likability, commitment and consistency, reciprocation, social proof, and scarcity. Those are the six variables that go into the KLT factor, the know, like, and trust factor that you can use in any situation, any type of persuasion, sales, marketing, etc., etc., etc. Use those six, and it will be of tremendous help. All right, so we have now passed the point where we're sharing what we call value to our listeners, and now it's time for us to just let our hair down and have some fun. So this is the point of our episode where I have to be able to see your face, honey. You can't let your hair down like that. (laughs) You said we should let our hair down. Yeah, it doesn't mean over your face so that you look scary. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where I am now going to evaluate Sana on her performance of the six variables that make up the KLT factor, the know, like, and trust factor. And so I'm going to hand it over to Sana, who is going to ask me, and I will give my response. How would you evaluate my expert authority? On being a wife? Yes, your wife and a life partner. I think based on the fact that we've been married for less than a year, I would give you a very high score, probably a 9 or a 10. No one would expect you to know everything about being a wife after being married for less than a year, but there's a hot meal waiting for me every day when I walk in the door. It's good enough for me. It's okay. You can laugh, honey. That was meant to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I was trying to get you to laugh. (laughs) Okay. So seriously. No, I am serious. I said it in a humorous way, but very high marks. You know your role. You understand this concept of being submissive. You have a submissive spirit. You make me feel like I am a man. You regard me as the leader of the family. And men need that from their women. They need that reinforcement. Even when they screw up, they need that respect from their women and say, okay, dude, you screwed up. I get it. I've still got your back. You make me feel like a man in this relationship. And that's what men want is they just want to feel like a man. So I'm giving you an 11. So before you were a woman and now I made you man? Something like that. <laughs> it's not actually, it's not that far from the truth, honestly. <laughs> so it was like you were the little James Newcomb running butt naked in streets of no, Minnesota and Noka specifically. And I caught you <laughs> and I spanked you on your butt and I said, be the man. <laughs> That's it, It's an exaggeration of the truth, but it's not far from the truth. Mm -hmm. it's it's exaggerated for dramatic effect for the podcast but that's essentially what if it's not funny you can cut it up no i think it i think it's very funny i think that men and women will appreciate this so mr newcomb how about likability oh it's like a one you are always always got this scowl on your face always critical Never laugh, and I'm tired of it. Okay. Um, For all the world to hear, now, in all seriousness, honey, you are 
probably the most likable person I've ever known. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Easily. You always have, you just have this glow about you. You're not like uh, Mrs. Gladhand. You're not just always smiling. You're not that person at the party that's always, you're, you're, not, you're not like the life of the party, but there's just this glow about you. And it's, people just are naturally attracted to that solid, quiet demeanor that you have. May not be the flashiest of demeanors, but it's solid. And it's really, it's just very grounding. So I'd say a 9.8 out of 10. <laughs> All right, James. So how about commitment and consistency? Again, very high marks. I remember we met through a mutual friend who introduced us and we spoke on the phone. Or it was just, I think it was like audio via probably Facebook or something. And then we had a video chat, and I think it was a week after we had our first video chat that we really spoke at length. I think we were on the phone for like four or five hours, weren't we? And yeah, we just that's right. Talked. We just. I think, just from the very beginning, I just sensed that, no matter what, Sana will be there. She's going to show up. I just, I just had that sense, and you haven't disappointed. So let's say. Uh, 10.2 out of 10 to make up for that point two that you lost on your likability. Okay, James. So it uh, seems like I'm scoring well on these ones. Uh, yes. How about reciprocation? Reciprocation. Well, I would say that that is defined as giving back what you receive and then some. That's how I define reciprocation. So I'll, again, I'd have to give you 10 9 out of 10, 11 out of 10, somewhere around there. Just average it out to 10. Any explanation why you're giving me that high mark? I just feel like everything that I put into the relationship, you equal it, and then you match it, and you top it. I feel like I can't outgive this relationship. You'll always be there to receive what I give and then give back even more in return. How about social proof? Well, our marriage counselor thinks we're screwed up, but aside from that, it's great. <laughs> no, I think that um, social proof, I guess I would rely on the feedback that I've received from my family, um, the clients that we've spoken to, that we'll, I, I'm not going to mention them by name right now, but we'll, we'll have them on the show in due time. They just say, James, you really hit a home run with that girl. Yeah, everybody really, really likes you. So, yeah. Why not? Ten. <laughs> it, it looks like it's a session of you praising me. <laughs> uh, you're asking the questions, honey, and I'm answering honestly. Okay. And last but not least, scarcity. There is only one Shafia Dori a.k.a. sweetness. <laughs> and that's all the world can handle. So, again, I'll give you a 10. Hey, my name is James Newcomb, and as you can hear, my wife and I like to have fun when we press record on these podcasts. And we bring this as a service to our clients 
and would-be, perhaps prospective clients of our company, Beaten Path Media. And we are working together to build this business, and we're just having a great time doing it. And if you are interested in learning more about Sana and myself and what we can offer, if you're thinking about getting into the podcasting, the YouTubing, the digital media production game, then look us up. And I'd love to talk and see if we can help bring you to closer to your goals and bring you and your podcast, your YouTube, your digital media to the next level. Check us out on the web at beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N, path, dot, media.